It's the Best Lifing Show. This podcast is your ultimate guide to holistic health and wellness. Our team of Best Lifers shared their stories. Wait, wait, wait. What is this Best Lifing? We transform your life from ordinary to extraordinary. And help you live your dreams. So now, let's start Best Lifing. Hello and welcome to the Best Lifing Show on Be Unique. My name is Julia Brodska and I am the author of the international best-selling book, Best Lifing. Today we have my wonderful friend, Rhonda Armbrust. She's a certified hypnotist, copywriter and author. She does all of our blogs and copywriting for Best Lifing, so you can check those out at bestlifing.com slash blogs. She previously worked with chronically mentally ill clients as a psychiatric rehabilitation specialist. Near the end of February, she will publish her third book in her remote viewer thriller series available on Amazon. Welcome, Rhonda. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So today we're going to be talking about why morning is important for self-growth. And we're going to look at the seven stages of grief as well. So one of the reasons that I think this subject is super important is I think grief can be one of the hardest things that we go through. So I'll tell you guys a bit of a story about uh, when I went through one of my hardest grief moments. So it was when I was younger. Um, I was about 10, uh, 12 years old actually and my father passed away, he was sick and he got dementia and then eventually he, was, he deteriorated and yeah he passed away when I was quite young and I didn't deal with that very well so through my early years and my teenage years I actually um, rebelled and didn't listen to my mother and you know got into drugs and just started doing things I was really negative I just started doing things that were very self-destructive and pretty much I had the attitude towards life that you know life is unfair no matter what you do it's unpredictable so Um, anything can happen so who gives a shit about studying or being successful and things like that and I lived with this victim mentality that everything bad always happened to me and yeah again like life was really unfair on me and it wasn't until I came across a psychiatrist who spent probably about two months working closely with me every week Um, and we put together a bunch of practices and things that I could do to release you know my anger um towards the situation and towards my dad passing away and i didn't even realize that i was actually angry at my dad so one of the exercises that i did was writing down as many reasons as i could think of two full pages of you know why i was sad that or angry that my dad was gone and then she had terry my psychiatrist she had me go to his grave and actually burn that piece of paper and just release all of that emotion. Um, So that was really helpful to me. And like we did a bunch of other exercises and I think that, you know, going through, well, what I believe are the seven stages of grief that Terry taught me once upon a time, they definitely benefited my life and they released me from, you know, living in this victim mentality, especially, and they gave me more power. And then apart from that, I realized that, 
you know, in the physical form, we have certain relationships, but it is also possible to have a spiritual relationship with people as well. If you put your mind to it and, you know, you, you have that awareness and you listen for those moments. Now, I know that's probably not everybody's cup of tea, but hear us out. Um, we will give you some great tips throughout this podcast and potentially you can be open-minded to you know the things that we've experienced and maybe give them a try yourself if you're dealing with grief out there so Rhonda would you also like to share with our listeners one of your grief moments and sort of how you overcame that to kick this off sure sure yeah um well it must have been really hard to lose your father when you were 12 when my father died I was older and um but his death was really sudden and unexpected. And so it hit me very hard. Of course, I adored my father. So it was it was hard, even though I was in my 20s at the time. But um, I feel like I processed that loss better than I have with other people who died. Uh, several times I lingered in the denial phase for far too long and just stuffed my sadness away only to have it emerge in unexpected ways but with my father's death i just allowed my emotions to flow naturally uh, one thing seeing his body helped me move past the denial phase so for a year i cried a lot and a deep sadness enveloped me but after that i began to move on with my life and recover from the loss thank you for that Rhonda. that was really kind of you to share so why are we talking about grief? Well, grief is a natural response to loss and feelings of loss can be compounded during a crisis like the COVID-19 pandemic that we're, you know, all been going through uh, the last year. Sometimes grief related pain and symptoms, you know, they can be emotional, physical and spiritual, and they can definitely feel overwhelming, especially for people who are already, you know, mourning the death of a loved one. And, you know, there's people out there that I know have lost uh, people as well. So I think it's very important that we do address this subject. So grieving in general is a highly individual experience. And it's really important to note that there's really no right or, way, uh, right or wrong way to grieve. And there's no normal, you know, timeline or normal way per se. So healing just happens gradually and it's important to be patient with yourself because, you know, it can't really be hurried. You just got to take on your emotions and accept them for what they are and just live it moment by moment. That's one of the biggest things I want to sort of start off with. In times of crisis, however, there's key factors and reactions that can intensify your grief and it can hinder your ability to heal and recover from it. So we just got to acknowledge that you know, we're all in a different place and time. We've all got different experiences and doing this helps us, you know, understand ourselves a little bit better and manage our expectations, you know, of ourselves and also others. And, you know, living in the pandemic, it's definitely changed so much for, you know, how our lives function, how society functions, you know, our day to day, um, how we take care of, you know, sick people, how we take care of people who are, um, you know, terminally ill. And our sense of control has really been challenged, you know, everybody really at all levels. Um, there's been no routines or rituals that, you know, normally brought us comfort. Um, and things just aren't as readily accessible as they used to be. So this can really increase feelings of isolation and loss. 
Yeah, that's really true. I remember on January 19th, they had a national day of mourning. And I thought that was so important to take that time, you know, and, and I did this myself and just light a candle, say a prayer and just recognize and honor all those people who we, we have lost yeah, to the absolutely. pandemic. I, and I'm really glad that Americans were called to grieve together during that ceremony in Washington, DC. And hopefully that helped people. Really, each person's journey through grief is different, I agree. And, you know, while, while you're saddled with a loss, a person can feel physical things, like they might feel numb, they'll, they may feel removed from daily life, unable to carry on with regular duties. They might feel exhausted, they might lose or gain weight, have new aches and pains in their body. Yeah, so. uh, feel, yeah, feel nausea, insomnia, lowered immunity, and inflammation. So, mourning can last for months or years. Or just there's really just no cookie cutter time frame. But generally, pain is tempered as time passes and as you adapt. But if you don't, you might be experiencing what is called complicated grief, and for that, you might need some extra help. So. Anyway, the, the symptoms of complicated grief are generally an intense longing for the person, uh, intrusive thoughts of them, ongoing denial and disbelief, imagining that they are still alive, even searching for them, avoiding things that remind you of them, extreme anger or bitterness, and feelings that your life is empty and meaningless. And sometimes when a death is sudden or violent or traumatic, it can even trigger PTSD. So if you suspect that you're experiencing complicated grief, you really should seek help. And there's many therapists who specialize in grief therapy, or you can even go to your local hospice organization. You can find out about them at hospicefoundation.org and they offer grief counseling and support groups and a lot of times the counseling is free they're just a really great uh, group hospice is wonderful and i believe it's really important to seek help if you're especially if you're having suicidal thoughts or wish that you had died too yeah that's definitely some great advice i totally agree with that so generally, grief comes in seven stages, as we mentioned earlier. Now, these stages don't always happen in a certain order, and everybody spends different times or different amounts of time in, in each of these stages. And, you know, we experience different emotions in each of these stages too. So the key here is to be super aware and patient with yourself. And you've got to be really gentle on yourself. Allow yourself, as I said before, the time and the space to heal and really look for, you know, things that you can do to feel as good as you can in those moments. Yeah, absolutely. When I lost a dear friend that I had known my entire life, I spent a lot of time hanging out in the denial stage. I think because I never saw his body, I often imagined he was still alive somehow, somewhere, and I just stuck my emotions away, refusing to acknowledge the truth. I tried to pretend it just didn't even happen, and it took me a long time to come to terms with his death. And I think if I would have sought help, um, it would have taken less time and maybe it would have been easier on me. 
Yeah, definitely stuffing away your emotions is, you know, and hiding from them or even, you know, trying to run away from them with drugs or alcohol. I totally agree. That's probably one of the least effective things that you could do um, for yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about getting over grief. So our next focus will be on dealing with the grief of a loved one who has passed and creating a spiritual connection with this person, as I mentioned before. So at one point, uh, I decided to see a psychiatrist. It was probably my early 20s. And as I said, she told me about the seven stages of grief. So, and you know, depending on who you ask, there are different versions of this. Some people say five stages, some say seven, eight, it it doesn't matter, but we'll use the seven for the example today. Um, And these are the ones that worked for me, so that's why I use them. So what we want to do essentially is come to acceptance with a loss. And we have to progress through each of those stages. So to progress through them, we have to identify, you know, which one we're in. And as as I said, there's no two individuals that are going to move through the grieving process in the same way. Um, And sometimes even, uh, so these can even occur simultaneously um, and of course in different orders. So shock and denial is usually the first stage. So shock is the body's way to, you know, provide Um, our body with emotional protection, I guess. Um, So it's just pretty much trying to stop you being overwhelmed all at once. And denial, as you mentioned, Rhonda, right? Um, It's about the situation or your emotions around it and not wanting to believe it. So it's sort of your body's way or your brain's way um, to say, you know, this isn't true, I don't believe it, I don't want to believe it. And that's a common way that, you know, most people's brains begin to process a traumatic event. So this could be not only a death, but, you know, this happens in breakups sometimes and, you know, in other versions of shock, car accidents, things like that as well. So shock and denial, um, that's usually the first one. Then soon we have pain and guilt take over. So this usually makes you feel heavy, Um, you know, you start to feel the real heartbreak of your loss, as well as, you know, guilt or regret for, you know, things that you did or you didn't do. And that really sucks, especially if, you know, there's, it's been a while since you've seen that person, you can definitely start to feel a lot of pain here. So understanding and allowing yourself to fully experience this pain is what's super important. And you've got to be mindful of this because it can prevent you from seeking Um, an emotional escape. So for example, as I said, drugs and alcohol, we don't want to turn to that. Then you may soon find yourself blaming other people or even the world. I remember that was definitely me, the world for being unfair. So you may begin to bargain with God or the universe, depending on your beliefs, um, out of desperation. You might be saying things like, I'll do anything if you just bring her back, right? Have you ever said that before, Rhonda? (laughs) right right I hope to at any rate yeah Um, so this is natural in you know the anger and the bargaining stage that's the third stage anger and bargaining then eventually the true magnitude of your loss will kick in and this comes with you know all the feelings of pain depression loneliness things like that you might begin to put a lot of focus on you know memories from the past or feel a sense of emptiness or just purposely isolate yourself because you just don't have the energy or the will to you know spend time with other people 
then as you slowly adjust and begin to pay more attention to you know your new life and time starts to um, send you further apart from the experience you sort of start to feel your new life without except one uh, without your loved one um, and it begin, begins to become sort of an upward turn things might not feel great but as more time passes you know life starts to become a little bit more normal the way that it is now and you sort of find ways to get reorganized cope and you focus your attention on new areas or new projects then as you begin to regain control and become more functional you find yourself seeking more realistic solutions to practical and you know financial problems and other things that come up you start to re-establish yourself and you start to work through in the last stage of grief, you begin to accept and deal with the you know, reality of the situation. Acceptance doesn't equate to instant happiness though, so let's not get that confused. But you will be able to find a way to move forward. And you sort of start to accept you know, what's happening and appreciate the experience for what it was with your loved one. And think of those good memories. Eventually, you can connect with your loved one on a spiritual level if you're open to, to doing that. Some people do this by speaking to them through meditation. I do that quite often myself. Others may feel their presence and guidance in a moment of surrender. When undesirable things happen and we truly learn to accept them, we understand that there's a place and a purpose for them to have existed. And we start to find peace within ourselves. And we create a grateful memory of that experience and how it impacted our life for the better. When we truly move on, our search for answers and you know, reasons diminishes and our faith takes the space of that empty hole. This can only be achieved by bringing yourself into the present moment. Rhonda, have you heard of Eckhart Tolle? Yes, I have. I've read some of his stuff. Wonderful. I love him. He's one of my favorite authors, actually. So he yeah. teaches that um, time is an illusion. And I love this concept. So he says, only the present moment holds the key to liberation because nothing can ever happen in the past and nothing can ever happen in the future. Life always can only happen in the now. So the past is just a memory that's activated in the now. And the future is an imagined scenario also created in the now. So I like to always think about that when I catch myself, you know, living in the past or getting too caught up in the future. It's always good to have a plan and it's always good to have a vision. Of course, I'm definitely one of the people that loves to visualize, but you don't want to get too caught up and forget what's happening right here and right now. And that can sometimes um, help me deal with tough challenging situations and especially you know grief and and loss in in any shape of, or form so the best way to measure your success is by the level of peace that you feel within in any moment so you can always ask yourself do i feel good calm happy at this very moment you know each moment of good feelings transfers to the next, as does each moment of not so good feelings. So we want to make sure we stay away from those, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you can actually really grow and learn from a loss. Uh, I know loss taught me to value people more and gave me a renewed appreciation for life. And when you have to dig deep for strength during these kind of challenges, 
Well, that led me to practicing meditation and self-hypnosis. And I gained necessary skills that helped me let go of repressed anger and sadness and brought me to an increased feelings of peace and happiness. Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind I of love... like the... Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, well, whatever doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger kind of Yeah, I love harsh, that. Harsh, but... No, but it's true. Like, I love that attitude because you want to focus on, you know, the things that you've overcome rather than, you know why they were negative in the first place, right? Right. It's that growth mentality. So yes, I wanted to talk a little bit more detail about building a spiritual connection. Um, and again, whether you believe this or not, I challenge you to be open-minded um, because I think it definitely can help and you can really find a lot of guidance um, in the non-physical. So I like to think that we're all energies, right? So right now we're here in this physical time and space reality and we're coexisting in our physical bodies and that's the experience that we're having right now. And who really knows what happens, you know, after we move on. Um, but I like to imagine that we're energies and so that means that those energies truly never really go away, right? They're just in a different realm or form or, you know, whatever it might be. And they do exist inside your heart. Uh, so there's been like, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a story about how I started to build a spiritual connection with my dad. And whether it's true or not, it doesn't really matter. It helps or helped me, right? So in the beginning, usually when times would get challenging, um, I would sort of sit and wait on the lesson. So like if, you know, there's situations sometimes that come up and you've got no control and everything's just a mess and things feel really hard and overwhelming. So I used to just sit and wait on the lesson and, you know, I'd either just sometimes just continue on with my life is one way that I would do it and just, you know, go about my day-to-day -day tasks. Or sometimes I'd take a moment and just sit on the bed, meditate or whatever in the bathtub, it doesn't really matter where or how. Um, and I would just really try and connect um, with my core, with myself, focus on my breathing. Um, and then eventually, like once I could get into like this really deep state, I could ask the question that I wanted the answer to. And I guess it's, it's hard to describe because it's not like you hear a voice or anything like that, but it's like a feeling and you suddenly like know the answer or you understand the why or you can feel like there's someone guiding you. And so I'd literally just have these like long blown conversations, I guess, sort of inside my head, but I, they weren't really with words. They were more with, um, with feeling, right? It was almost like a sixth sense, like vibration, energy, and I could feel the answers without actually hearing any words or sentences or whatever. So that's that's pretty much like how I started on that. And then as um, as I got more experienced and practiced it more often, now I guess when I need to connect with my dad and like having that relationship, the, the spiritual relationship with my dad now, it kind of sort of just happens in my day to day. Like I can feel his presence when I need help or love or guidance and things like that. And, you know, I lived a really long time and I'm talking like over a decade in my teenage years where, you know, I was like, life is so unfair. Everybody else gets two parents and why does everyone else get a dad? And sort of that kind of attitude and mentality, um, you know, I'm already sort of disadvantaged, you know, growing up with a single mother and, 
you know, we, we were in Australia back then and um, I didn't really know English that well. And, you know, life was just pretty hard. We were quite poor growing up and things like that. So I definitely felt very victim. But now like that I've shifted my perspective, I actually feel lucky that, yeah, okay, I didn't get a physical relationship with my dad. No, my dad didn't teach me how to ride a bike. My mates did, only last year, actually. Um, but, you know, I, I got to experience this whole different world in relationship that um, that I'm very, very grateful for. So, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, want an ongoing spiritual connection with somebody that they've loved who's passed. Some some people say they meet with them in the dreams or they hear their voices. And oh, yeah. Those kind of things can be really comforting. And um, I think people basically want to know that their loved one is okay. Mm. And, and really there's a lot of evidence that they are okay. And especially in people's accounts of their near-death experiences or in books like Michael Newton's book, um, Dr. Michael Newton um, start, used uh, hypnosis to help his, his clients. And he just kind of stumbled on people talking about their life um, before they were born. And so he, one of his books is called Life Between Lives. And um, he just started exploring what happens to people after they die or before they were born. Mm. And so, you know, I'd like to believe that people move into a peaceful, happy place that they feel is home, like people talk about after they have a near-death experience. I'd like to think that they continue on with something of a life and retain their personalities. It, I mean, that feels kind of true to me. Yeah, and also, you know, I'd like to mention that grief is not only caused by the death of a loved one, it also stems from a divorce or a relationship breakup or the loss of your health or a loss of a job or a financial security. Um, from a miscarriage can be very traumatic or the death of a pet. And uh, after a loss, it's just really important to get, take good care of yourself. Um, do things like eat well, exercise, and stay connected with friends and family. Um, I really highly recommend practicing meditation and try to continue with your hobbies and activities. Even if it may be a little bit hard to do those things, just try to keep those things going. Journaling, journaling can help you identify and express your feelings. Um, also, you could volunteer to take your mind off of the loss. Yeah, it's, that's it's just one. really good to yeah, you know, absolutely. And it's good to face your feelings and express them in healthy ways. You can join a support group like the ones that hospice offers, and just don't let other people tell you how you're supposed to feel. And you can remember that people often feel awkward about bringing up a person that has died or other loss you've experienced, but it's okay for you to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you feel that you, you want to talk about it and express yourself, you definitely shouldn't hold that in. I totally agree. Yeah. And in my book, Best Lifing, I actually wrote a whole chapter on the spiritual area of life. Um, I'll give you some key points from the Best Lifing book. 
So number one, as I mentioned, there is a great benefit in finding your spiritual connection or faith. And whether it's, you know, you believe in the universe or of attraction or religious, um, you know, God, Allah, Buddha, you know, that doesn't really matter too much. Just as long as you find, you know, what you believe, what your faith is and consistently practice what you believe. Um, the next thing is I really encourage you to release your anger and not only, you know, if it's, um, in a situation where you've lost a loved one in general, anger is such an ugly, poisonous feeling. Um, and you know, you should avoid it at all costs because you're the only one who feels your anger. That's one thing I definitely learned a long time ago. I mean, it's totally unnecessary. Like we can definitely, you know, come across moments that make us angry, um, but identifying those is super important for, you know, your health and um, you know, how you feel and how you interact as a person, how you experience life in general. So I really urge you to release, you know, any anger that you have towards anything or anyone as quickly and as often as possible. And as I mentioned earlier, what I did was, you know, grab a piece of blank paper, write down all of the reasons that, or feelings, you know, angry feelings that you feel towards someone, again, whether they're, you know, here or, or they've passed, um, and just find a safe private space to read those statements out loud and really like feel them for the last time, let them go, burn that paper and just be really present pay close attention to you know yourself your feelings and just release them as that paper burns uh, the third point i've got to leave you guys with is i urge you to create gaps in the mind uh, so learn how to meditate or take some time for silence um, and just get present in that moment i talk about this a lot um, you know our attention is getting screamed for left right and center wherever we're you know, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, scrolling on social media, at work, with our friends, on the phone, doesn't matter what we're doing, TV, everyone's screaming for our attention at every moment. And our brains are, you know, a million miles an hour. And the only time we ever really give them a break is when we sleep. And even then, you know, um, sometimes we don't even get much of a break because we've got so much stuff on our mind, we're even dreaming about it. But, you know, and that's why um, when I started consciously making time to really meditate uh well first of all like just sitting in silence and just creating some gaps in the mind whether you want to call it meditation or not 10 minutes of silence i used to call it at the beginning um you know just taking that time is already just gonna help you have some clarity and then focusing on your breathing like br just inhaling oxygen is going to naturally calm you down because you're sending more oxygen to the brain and we know this but yet we, you know, sometimes we really don't take that time to breathe and that, that really hurts us. So getting present in the moment. The fourth one, I, I would say be patient with yourself. You're going to improve. It's going to take practice and time like anything else. You know, you can't learn how to play the piano in a day or learn a sport overnight. Um, so don't expect yourself to be great at meditation. One of the common things I hear is that people don't like to meditate because they're like, oh, my mind's too racy for it. I can't focus. There's always stuff going on. Well, of course, that's the whole reason why you're meditating. And when you do it, you know, every single day for at least 10 minutes a day, 
you will find that you get better at it and you start to you know watch those thoughts just be patient and don't get frustrated with yourself i definitely did at the beginning um so i know the feeling and it does definitely go away and then the fifth one um so as i said many times throughout this episode is that a spiritual relationship with a deceased loved one is absolutely possible i truly believe it um once you can really connect with yourself and you know be able to hear you know uh, and listen for that or not not so much listen i guess feel so feel that vibe feel that energy um and you will find you know the guidance that you're looking for um so try to build yours with someone who has passed away i I strongly encourage that one yeah i think that's really important and really comforting and really possible absolutely and so just to wrap this all up a couple of things uh that we didn't actually touch on we're running out of time a little bit but social media so just be really conscious and if possible i would even say stay off it if you're going you know through a hard time and go get out there and really like live Go, go out there and experience in the world um, get out into nature and get some air don't don't get too wrapped up in what's going on who's commenting and posting what like that that's just gonna potentially bring you down a little bit because we can find a lot of negativity on there and as Rhonda mentioned before you know really like know and hear yourself and identify if, if it's time to seek help because sometimes we can all get very confused and caught up and our mind is very very powerful at convincing us things that are potentially not even real um are the truth right you know we've written blogs about limiting beliefs oh sorry belief systems in general and yeah so just go and seek help if if you're having any thoughts about hurting yourself or not wanting to be here. It's super important. There's always a way. Every problem has a solution. And, you know, there's just no reason to sort of go down that path, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the most important thing is if, you know, with help, um, and everybody needs help sometimes. So, you know, if you're feeling like it's really a struggle to go on, you know, seek help. I kind of wish I had when I was dealing with some losses, you know, it would have been easier, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. And we offer, you know, Best Life in Clarity calls. So if you ever want to reach out, they're free. Um, you can just sign up on our website, pick a date, and, we're, you know, we'd be more than happy to have a chat about things. But um, also there's definitely plenty of professional and free help out there too. All right, so that brings us to the end of our episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us, Rhonda. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I hope this helps even one person. It was worth it. It could help someone. Yeah, for sure. Today. I hope I hope people got a lot out of it. Um, so yeah, if you wanna, if people wanna follow you or hear more from you or. Um, find your book how would they go about doing that oh yeah well um you can follow me on facebook.com slash remote viewer book so what i wrote was a three book remote viewer thriller series and it's about a woman who's clear she clairvoyantly sees distance activities and with that skill she fights injustices like bioweapon use and human trafficking so book three is coming out late February in a matter of a few weeks. And you can find my books on Amazon. Or Remote Viewer uh, Shadow Rescue is the first one. 
So you can just search that and you can find them all that way. Thanks, so for letting me say that. That's it, absolutely. <laughs> I think people should definitely hear it. Super exciting. You're coming out with your next book in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. So that's right, guys. Go on to Amazon.com or you can go on Facebook slash Remote Viewer Book and you can find Rhonda's bestseller right there and grab yourself a copy. It's an awesome book and I definitely recommend you should read it. Um, so that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so much, Rhonda. And I'll see you again in a couple of weeks for, oh, yeah. Our, yeah, for our next episode of the best lifing show on be unique that's it for today thank you for joining us if you enjoyed the best lifing show and you want to get in touch you can find and follow us on all social platforms or visit our website bestlifing.com be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review till next time mates stay, stay blessed, blessed and best, best lifing, lifing.